Last week, we talked to you from the subject, Thanksgiving. And that was from Luke chapter 17. And I want you to remember what it's about. This is a season to give thanks. I was so amazed to see the crowds of people who stood in line to be the first to buy items cheaper on Black Friday. But this was, I think, on Thursday. And people were standing on Thursday. And, uh, I mean, they were enthusiastically inclined out there. That means they were getting on each other's nerves and somebody yelled out some expletives and and uh, said, don't push me. And I think he meant it. But I'm just wondering what will it take for the saints, for the people of God, to get excited about one thing, and that word is opportunity. Could you put that word up there? Opportunity. And as long as you and I are still breathing, we have an opportunity. And under opportunity, would you please write the word time? Now, opportunity may not knock twice. You may not get a second chance at doing some things. Salvation is free, but it's not automatic. There is something required of you and me to be able to be in the place that God intended us to be. Let me tell you right now that you are a privileged person to be able to sit here today and look at each other and realize I still have opportunity to do my job and to do my thing among you. God put us together not to criticize one another, but to build one another, to see that each of us are saved from eternal damnation. That's our, this is an opportunity that you and I have that we can't afford to ignore because we're going to have to give an account to the Almighty God for the moments and for the words that we speak in this life. That's how serious this time is. Is And so to have an opportunity to be where God would have me to be is so vitally important. I'm going to ask you to write one more word. Just write down 
the word will of, well, two words, will of God, three words, will of God. So, now, there is this wonderful opportunity God has given us to be someplace. And if you had to be anywhere in the world, my, 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 uh, tenant down below me there, she lives in my apartment underneath. She read off the list of the places that she and her daughter had traveled during this season. And they went to Rome, they went to Italy, they went to Germany. And, uh, so while she was there, she was saying her daughter was always asking her, Mom, what can I get you? What you? She says, nothing. And she kept asking, Mom, can I buy you? No, I don't need anything. And she was in Italy, and uh, there was some beautiful clothing. But she realized if she buy them, she's going to have to truck them back home. But she comes to the conclusion, I don't want you to give me a bunch of stuff. Now, when I say to you, God has given you an opportunity to be at an important place. Guess where? The worst place you could ever be. Out of the will of God. That's the worst place you could ever be. Is outside of the will of God. But you have opportunity right now to be in the will of God and be getting the benefit of what it means to live the kingdom life. You know what the kingdom life is? The kingdom of God has a king And this king is over the kingdom. And he's capable of supplying all the needs of those constituents that are in the kingdom. Now, if he was not able to give you everything you need, then he wouldn't be your king. But he's your king. And today his appeal is, give me a chance to be God in your life and I'll give you a kingdom and eternal life. This is your opportunity. Now, I don't know how many of you got on your shirt sleeve a guarantee for tomorrow. The Lord doesn't give those out. Somebody looked at me one day and wondered why I didn't have much neck. And I told them I wasn't there when they were giving out necks. I got shoulder. (laughs) I got shoulder and head. (laughs) But I also have eternal life. Because how did you get it, Pastor Paul? I remember one day I was sitting in an audience just like this. Would you excuse me? I need to sit. And the preacher was preaching about a place called heaven. 
And he says, there are two places you can go. And you can't miss both of them. Either we're headed for heaven or to the place you're not going to be happy with. So during this Thanksgiving period, it is your opportunity to get it right. That's what time is. Time is space to get it right. Say it with me. Time is space to get it right. Are you still here? One more time. Time is space to get it right. And I have what? One opportunity. One opportunity. You may not have this tomorrow. But you got it today. Now, I'm going to say a couple of things while I read a scripture. The human element is prone to be ungrateful. We're prone to be ungrateful. That's, that, that's a natural with us. You have to practice being grateful. You have to put some energy into being grateful. Are you still here? You have to strive to be thankful. So last week in our text, it was Luke 17 where the ten lepers were in a place in a very special community where Jesus was passing through. And they cried out to Jesus. Jesus, have mercy on us. Did y'all hear that? Let me break that down just a little bit. Have mercy on us. Now listen, here's what their problem was. They realized they were together in the same predicament, needing the same fix. And so they saw the answer walking toward them. Amen? And when they cried out, they said, Jesus, have mercy on us. Now, you know, when you pray, the Lord taught us in the prayer, and he taught the disciples, he said, when you pray, say, our Father. In other words, we shouldn't be praying unless we are concerned with the whole body of Christ. That's our task. When we get on bending knees, when we have a need, just remember there are others around you. Now, others are attached to you that have needs as well. And you need to learn to be grateful enough to say, Our Father, which art in heaven. These people cried out, Jesus, have mercy on us. Now, I'm going to move swiftly here. Jesus said to him, just a few words, go show yourselves to the priest. Do y'all hear that? What he said, that's Luke 17. You, you read it when you get on. Go show yourselves to the priest. That was the order, procedure that was given in Old Testament times 
for those who were being cleansed of certain diseases. They needed to go and have the priest pronounce them clean. All ten of them turned around and started walking on their way to see the priest. And the Bible says, as they went, what happened? Cleanse how? As they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. Can you imagine that? Walking and a hand showing up. Leprosy is the kind of thing that takes face, takes off your face, takes the nose, takes off your lip. Just, you lose, you just lose a foot, lose a limb. And here a fellow on his way to see the priest. And he finds out all of a sudden he's got fingers on his hand. You know how they're doing? Because they were in obedience to what Jesus has said. Just a simple obedience to what Jesus told them to do. They didn't have to go do any. They're just going in obedience to what Jesus told them to do. And the Bible said, as they went, they were healed. Can you imagine that? Walking along and a fellow looks at the other one and says, Man, a few minutes ago you didn't have a lip. Now look at you. You're looking good. A while ago you were limping. But now you're leaping. Why? Because you're going, because Jesus said, Go and you obey. Everything, when you do what Jesus said, do, you get the results. Oh, my God. I thought I was through with this last week. (laughs) Listen, listen. One out of the ten looked at himself and said, thank God, I am whole. He turned around and went back to find Jesus. And when he found him, the Bible said he fell at his feet. Now, you know what our problem is? Some of us are ashamed to be identified as Christians. Some, some people, I'm, I'm, just be, 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 help me now. But there, there are people in this world, they would be associated with anything but Jesus. Some people don't want to sit down and say a prayer when they're bowing their, over their food if they're among other folk who aren't praying. With shame of the Lord Jesus. Some people just don't have a grateful heart. All the things God is doing for us on a daily basis, they don't take time out of the day. Sun up to sundown. Sun up to sundown. They walk this earth. They eat his food. Breathe his air. And don't even say thank you. This is a time to give him thanks. And any word that Jesus says and you're willing to obey it, you get results. I dare you to take Advantage of this one opportunity. Today, 
not to walk out of this place like you came in. Be a committed Christian. I'm Jesus' servant. I'm the Lord's servant. Amen. I'm walking with Him. I'm obeying His Word. You can do it. This is your opportunity. And time is certainly going to run out. One day, that's going to be your time. My time. Their time. But the last thing is there's going to be no time. The day will come when the angel will place a foot on the sea, trumpet in hand, sound out, time shall be no more. It's over. All over. Don't have the privilege any longer. So we need opportunity to do it now. We need to be able to say, this is my chance. Let me take advantage. If folk can go shopping because they figure this is the best chance for me to buy a computer. Stand in line. Amen. To buy stuff they probably don't even need. Lord, help us, Jesus. And here we have been offered the kingdom. And God is saying, this is your opportunity. I'm going to add one more word and I'm going to read the scripture. Put the word privilege up there, please. Privilege. Look at your neighbor and say, it's still there. <laughs> Thank God it's still there. What's there? Opportunity, time, and the privilege. What's the privilege, Brother Small? You get the chance to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. He's just asking you for your cooperation. I was thinking the other day. I was at this funeral. And if the person had known Ten years ago, that this day they'd be lying in a coffin. You think they would have done a different thing? Let me just ask you. If you could see tomorrow, then you'd know how to behave today. But because you can't see tomorrow, God has given you the special privilege to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. See, God knows what's five years, ten years down the road. And if you want to be instructed and guided, God said, I'll give you the Holy Spirit to guide you into all truth. That's a privilege you and I can't afford to be without. We need guidance. We need the Holy Spirit to help us to know what's ahead. Because the Bible declares that when he comes, he will show you things to come. You don't have to live from behind. You can live from what's up front. I'm going to give you a chance in a few moments to ask some questions. But this is the day. 
that you have. People love to receive, but they are not too anxious to give. Another principle. Another principle. Because the Bible says give, and what will happen? Shall be given to you. How much? Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. Will God give? Oh my God. Into your bosom. You couldn't be in a better place than where you are right now. This, you still have a chance. Because it's still there. What's there, Pastor? The opportunity is there. The time is still there. The privilege to be what God would have you to be, it's still here. And now I'm going to ask you to take a few moments and tell me what you heard. Kind of like us. They went on through the routine. They went on down to see the priest. They went on down and got whatever they wanted from the, or supposed to get from the priest. But notice, when this one man came back, he got something that the others didn't get. See, he didn't have to go through the procedures. He said, your faith has made you whole. See, your faith has made you whole. Go your way. In other words, you can go home now and be with your children and your parents or whatever you have left. You can go now and be with them. You don't have to go through. Because some of those people, when they go to the priest, may have to be kept um, for a few days in isolation till they prove that they are really cleansed. Okay. Question. It should be it should be scary. Uh, there's going to be your time and my time and his time, and uh, and then there will come a time when there won't be any more time. Time will end, and when the end of time comes, that's eternity. After when there's no more time, we're in eternity. Every, you, you see, you are an eternal being. So when you die, you are not at the end of yourself. There's still more to you because God created you in his image and his likeness. And you will live and exist as long as he exists. Because you're just like him. But if you choose not to allow him to be your king and your captain, You'll be without him in eternity. Yes, ma'am. Totally lost. Yes. Say it again. Yes, sir. You know, that's a scripture. There's a scripture that says, What time I'm afraid, I will trust in the Lord. Uh, Yes. Uh, Even in our fear, we need to learn how to put confidence in him. Even when we aren't quite sure that the step we're taking is going to really be where we want to go, we've got to trust him. So that's how we learn how to trust him, is to do things 
that we are not quite comfortable with, but we do them anyhow, and wind up finding out that it's worth it because he never lets you down. Yes. And it's a good thing we can have some fear. It's a good thing we can have some. Some folk are so bold until they figure they can get saved on their own terms, in their own time, whenever they get ready, and they just keep ignoring the fact that that was not left to us. That God, time is in his hands. Opportunity is now. Opportunity is in OW. There's a, that, let me say how I say it. There's a space between the past and the future called now. That's all you have. You can't go back to the past and you ain't, you're certainly not in the future. All you have is now. That's your opportunity. If you don't do it now, you may not get it done. You got to do it now. We're coming to the end of the year. One of the things I want to make sure is that I can be able to say that I made progress. I want to make sure that me and God are growing (laughs) together. I want to make sure that some of the things that used to just bug me to no end, I'm overcoming. Some of the stuff that I used to have a habit of doing, wouldn't, couldn't quit seemingly. Now I want to be able to say, by the grace of God, I've been able to quit that and go do something. See, this is, take advantage of the opportunity. Amen. So you ought to be doing so much better, you can look around and decide that I'm better than I was the other day. I'm, I'm making improvement. I'm, I'm increasing in my knowledge and understanding. Y'all hear me? Can you really hear me? Time, it's and it's still there. Aren't you glad it's still there? It's still there. Question? Coming. Yes. <laughs> Out of the will of God, you will never enjoy the peace. And please put this, put this on your little note. If you're in the will of God... One of the first things you will notice is that you have peace. Even when chaos is around you. And things aren't going well, but you got peace. That's how you can know you're in God's will. All right? Second way how you can know you're in God's will is because you read it in His Word. And this is what He calls for. And you're just obeying the Word. Living the word of God puts us in a state of existence that gives us the assurance, I belong to him. I belong to him. I belong to him. Peace. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you is not like the world give. Uh, they, they, they had a little peace treaty in, in, over the other day, uh, Hillary went over there and got together with some folks and and hammered out a peace agreement that didn't last. You you, you have to... (laughs) Peace is something you get from Jesus you can't get anywhere else. I don't care how you go shopping. I don't care 
I don't care how you who you get married to. Okay, how much stuff you got in your closet and bank account. <laughs> if you ain't got no peace, you're in trouble. But you can have peace. You can have peace and be broke. The Bible teaches us we can be content with such things as we have. And some of us don't have very much. But contentment. And then, then, then Paul put it in a new way. He said over there in Timothy, says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Yes. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Because when David said, the Lord is my shepherd, that meant to him, I'm his sheep. And if I'm his sheep, he got, it's his responsibility to take care of me. The shepherd has to take care of the sheep. Amen. That's a good one. That's an excellent one. Yes. Godliness with contentment is what? Great gain. Question? Okay, that, that, that's a good way you can perceive it. Uh, if you perceive it as that, that that's your life when you have opportunity. But let me just say, opportunity does not always knock twice. Not in the sense in which we use the word opportunity. This vernacular. When we say opportunity, it means here come a chance. And chance is always sketchy. Doesn't have guarantees. Opportunity does not necessarily carry guarantee. Very sketchy. You got opportunity now, but you may not have it tomorrow. I never forget, and I, this, this comes up in my mind so often, so often. Had a young lady in the community. I encouraged her to come to church. She wanted to come to church, and her husband didn't want her to come to church. She lived at 269 Drake Avenue, right at the foot of the steps as you go up the hill. And, you know, she came to church anyway one Sunday. Got dressed, came to church, sat down and worshipped the Lord. Got up and went back home, walked in the door. He shot her in the forehead. Killed her on the spot. You know what? She didn't have another opportunity. Not another chance. She went to church that morning, and I sure hope that meant something. I think about it all the time. I think about that. I, if I walk by there, I can't help but think about 269 Drake Avenue. Young lady with a stupid husband. And that's why it makes me so anxious to say to our young folk, you be careful what you hook up with. Some of the stuff you hook up with you can't walk away from. That's why you need, a, you need to make sure God gives you somebody. Amen. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. We have to, you know, the scripture tells us something in Matthew that we have to take special care for. It says, be ye also ready. Don't be found getting ready. Be ready. And I think occasionally the Lord helps us to, he helps us to get ready so we'll be ready. So readiness is a matter, it's not a matter of 
having to go through a lot of a whole lot of stuff. Jesus has solved that problem. We don't have to go see the priest. We don't have to go do all that. All we have to do right now is say to him, Lord, forgive me of my sin. I receive you as my Savior. I want to be a child of God. You're in. That, that's instantaneous. That's, that's the kind of ready now. <laughs> and when you do that, you're ready. You're ready. The little boy walking around one day, and somebody looked at him. He had a, a couple of initials on his shirt. said RFA. And he's just walking around. So this Englishman looked at him and says, Hey, me chap, says, uh, uh, what does the RFA mean? He says, ready for anything. We need to be ready. We need to be ready, not be found getting ready. All right? Now, what I was going to read to you today is from Ezekiel 37. And I'm going to read it, and I'm going to leave it with you. Ezekiel 37. I'm going to start reading at the first verse. This is what I want you to take home with you. Now, if you've got a question that you haven't gotten around to asking, uh, I still hear you. I can, I can still take it. I feel that sometimes the question and answer periods, when I, when I got it, I got so much stuff that I want to put out. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm just kind of all over the place, so you have to forgive me. Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me. And he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones. And he caused me to pass them around about, uh, pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. Now, <clears throat> let, me, let me say this. I remember Wendell Wallace one time, he said he was uh, preaching in some place. And uh, and some people saw him in the spirit in another place. At the time he was here at another place preaching. And yet he was on in another place and somebody saw him there ministering. Wendell is dead now, but he had some unusual experiences. Being conveyed away in the spirit. Now, if you take a look at the scripture, here's what you'll see. You'll see a man that God can use, and he takes Ezekiel, and he conveys him to this valley where there is a whole valley of nothing but bones, dry, bleached bones. And he said he caused me to go around about them. And he went around and he could see one over here and one over there. One was a leg bone over here, a neck bone over here, a shoulder bone over there. They were so mixed up and messed up, just a valley of bones. There they were in the open valley and they were dry. And he said to me, son of man, 
Can these bones live? God asking Ezekiel a question. Hey, Zeke, you see these bones I just let you see. You see all of this devastation, the cemetery out here. You see that? Now, Zeke, I want to ask you a question. Can they live? Zeke, can, can these bones live? This was a symbol. He's talking to us. I want, to, I want you to get the picture. Because later on you'll see that this is, he said, this is the whole house of Israel. It's God's church in the wilderness. It's God's church. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And he said, he answered, you know what? Uh, <laughs> let, let, me, let me answer it like he would do it maybe in your and my vernacular. Mm-mm. <laughs> that, that's our way of saying, I don't know. Then he said to me, son of man, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Just bones. What did I ask you all to remember? The first word I gave you today for the topic is still there. Remember you saying that? It's still there. Listen to this. Again, he said to me, prophesy. I want you to preach to the bones. The bones represents you and me sometimes. When we're not quite in, we're, not, we're just kind of lukewarm. We're not quite hot, not cold, not, <laughs> you know. If I don't hear you now, I'll hear you tomorrow. Can these bones live? So what do you want you to say? You said to the bones, oh, you dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. I'm letting you, I'm fixing to let you go. How in the world can these dry bones? There's something about the word of God that'll bring life to a bone. <laughs> I'll let you soak that one in. Your bones. Bone head, neck bone, hip bone. Prophesy. You just preached them. That's all I want you to do. Tell these bones to what? Hear the word of the Lord. If these bones can hear, surely you just got a gristle on the side of your head. <laughs> Go to the next verse. Thus says the Lord to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. Lord, I wish I had time to stick it in. And I will lay sign news on you. In other words, God's going to have to build this graveyard back to manhood. And I'll cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you'll live, and you'll know that I'm the Lord. What do you want him to know? When you get all this stuff on you, you'll know I'm the Lord. That's it. Oh, my God. You will then know the bones did not know while it was just bones. But if they'll hear, 
There's something about the Word of God. If you have respect for God's Word, if you'll hear God, y'all, can y'all hear me? And I will lay sinews and I'll bring flesh on you and I'll cover you with skin. Put breath in you and you shall live. And you shall know that I am, that's what I want you to know. Know who God is. Know I'm the Lord. I'm the one in charge. I'm the one who give breath. I'm the one who give you opportunity. I'm the one who give you time. I'm the one. Read a little more. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and, 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 and there was a noise. And behold, a shaking, and the bones came together. Bone to his bone. Now here's a leg bone over yonder, and a knee over here, and a uh, backbone over there, and they came together. See what God is doing for his church? That's what God does when people hear what the Spirit and <laughs> I prophesied, I prophesied, I prophesied. And when I beheld, lo, sign news came up on them. And what happened? Covered them, and that, but there was no breath in them. Read a little more, just read. And when I beheld, read the next verse. And then he said to me, prophesy to the wind, prophesy, son of man. Say to the wind, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. Read the more. A little bit further. Okay. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dry. Our hope is lost. We are cut off from our parts. Read. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord, Behold my people, I will open your graves, cause you to come up out of your graves, and bring you into life. All right? And you shall know that I hear again, what do you want you to know? I'm the Lord. That's what I want you to know. I want you to know I'm the Lord. And when I have opened your graves oh my, and brought you up out of your graves, read. And you shall put, and you shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I shall place you in your own land, and then you'll know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. You gotta read that when you go home. Talking about you, see, he thought he thought he was talking about bones, but he's talking about you and me. He's showing you his church. He wants us to be alive, filled with His Spirit, obedient to His Word, walking according to His will. I got to close.